0: That's N A T I O N 3 0 for 30% off of your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today. We're going to be talking about Elite Archery, and I'm going to be talking with Larry McCoy. He works for Elite. He does a whole bunch of different things over there. But uh, he's going to talk to us about their mantra, and that is shootability. He's going to talk to us about what makes their bows Shootable. Uh, we get into the design, um, the the draw, uh, the whole the whole process of releasing an arrow, and uh, why he thinks that elite is the top of the game with that that shootability on the shootability front. So a really cool episode. We cover things like uh, material. We talk about the process of designing Uh, we talk about trends that have gone through the hunting industry um, past present and future we talk about where the market is going we talk about a whole bunch of different things surrounding compound bows and uh, one thing that i found interesting was their approach on uh, customer service and how important it is for them to get feedback from their customers and apply that to any type of innovation or uh, uh, product launches they have for you know for the future. So it's a really cool episode. Uh, Larry knows his stuff, um, and I, I I know that when we talk about the the compound bows, especially on this show. Um, you have to ask a lot of the same questions so you can compare the answers to the previous questions, uh, you know, previous companies that have been on, on here and uh, get an idea of how these companies are different, how they are the same, what directions they're going, who their target demographic is, all of that stuff. And then um, what that does is it allows you guys to make a decision. And, and that doesn't just apply to compound bow companies, it also applies to broadhead companies, arrow companies, any company that comes on this podcast. My goal is to ask good enough questions to where you guys can compare past, you know, like broadhead companies against each other or arrow companies against each other, boot companies, camo companies, all of that stuff. So hopefully I'm doing a good job. If there is a company that you would like to see on this podcast, Why don't you hit me up through Instagram, Nine Finger Chronicles. Hit me up. um, Say, hey, Dan, I want you to reach out to this company. Uh, Let me know uh, who that is and why you want to see them on. And uh, I'll do my best to try to get them on. I know that there's a lot more coming down the pipe uh, this summer before the quote-unquote buying season in the archery. Uh, I shouldn't say archery, but the hunting hunting industry is going to be complete. But uh, a lot of cool things coming down the pipe. Before we get into today's episode, though, we got to do two commercials, um, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. I I say this all the time, but it's like they are four sticks and the Assault is what I use. I'm a mobile hunter. I like to move around a lot, um, and that's my setup. I'm not into any type of mods or aiders or anything like that. Four sticks, Assault tree stand, that gets me anywhere that I need to go and uh, i'll tell you right now man it's quiet it's made in the usa it's durable um i have i still have my very first ever lone wolf tree stand that i ever bought off of a, a buddy of mine and uh it's in a it's actually in a tree right now in a pretty good pinch point and uh, having it, not ta- i haven't taken it down this year i gotta go check the straps on it but um it's, a, it, it, it's durable. This is a product that if you take care of it, you're going to have it for the rest of your life, right? And uh, that's just one more thing that's awesome about buying a product like this, right? Once you buy it and you decide to, to uh, keep it your whole life, you take care of it, it's going to last you your whole life. So, that's a win right there. So, go check out lonewolfhuntingproducts.com, and if you decide to make a purchase, enter the discount code 9FC21, 9FC21, and that's going to get you... Uh, $50 off of all purchases over $200. So that's like 18 to 25% depending on what product you decide to purchase. So that's uh, not too bad. Other than that, uh, what do we do? The average conservationist. Now, I like associating myself with good people. And Marcus Ewing over at the average conservationist who is also the host of the average conservationist podcast here on the nine finger chronicles or excuse me on the the sportsman's nation podcast um he he has an awesome apparel line it's like a a lifestyle brand but t-shirts hoodies hats my favorite hat right now is the general's hat it's it's has three stars on it. It looks badass. I pair that with my uh, camo hoodie that I got from them. And uh, really cool logos. Really, uh, they got some cool stuff coming out. They have some pretty standard stuff that's out, too. Um, So you, you got your pick there of whatever your taste is. These guys got something for it. And it's the kind of t-shirts <laughs> I really like their t-shirts because for two reasons one they're the soft kind of t-shirts, and two, they're tight in the right spots they're those they're those t-shirts that if you got some love handles or if you got a gut um, it doesn't really show that that much right it, it shows the shoulders and it shows the chest and back and and uh You know that's uh, that's a win right there. So so take that into consideration. Theaverageconservationist.com. Now on top of all of what I've just said, off right off the bat, the average conservationist donates ten percent of all of their earnings to some form of conservation effort. Right. So these guys are dedicated to conservation. Hence the name, the average conservationist. They're dedicated to making uh, a, a statement by donating 10% of all of their um, all of their income to uh, to a conservation organization, both at the national and local level. So, uh, if you want to save an additional 10% off of your purchase, there, check out or uh, at checkout, enter the discount code NFC10 NFC10. It's going to save you 10%. All right. We're done with the commercials, so let's just wrap it up and get right into this conversation with Larry McCoy from Elite Archery. All right, on the phone with me today from Elite Archery, Larry McCoy. Larry, how we doing, man?
1: Doing good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how did your turkey season go?
1: Ah, well, I ain't gonna lie. It was a struggle. Uh It was a struggle. We, uh you know, everybody I talked to in the industry too seemed to struggle a little bit. You know, there was pockets where birds were acting, right? But I, I, it just wasn't, uh it wasn't easy season for us. But between the, you know, bird numbers uh, really declined in a lot of areas of the country. It was, uh we were successful, but we really had to work pretty hard at it.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing that kind of happened with me. I had... A couple of those mornings, and you know what I'm talking about, where the there's low wind, the it's maybe a little cool in the morning, but the sun's coming up, and you know birds are going to be talking, and just compared to other years, there's just the number of gobbling toms that I've heard is is way low compared to previous years.
1: Yeah, I mean 100. percent I mean, I agree with that. Just total bird numbers, as far as I don't and whatever. I'm sure that the reason for that is different depending on where you're at or or where, but there's been farms that historically have been loaded with birds. You may have, you know, five, six, seven adult gobblers on that farm in years prior this year, there may have been one and they were just tough to hunt. I mean, I, me personally, my opinion is, I think that everything was about two weeks behind. Uh, this year, I mean, if you look at some of the guys that were out mushroom hunting and, and all the way, if you're into fishing, the fish and spawn and, and all that, I mean, everything seemed just a little bit later. It's just kind of how mother nature works.
0: Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, and then that between, you know, uh, some of the studies that are starting to come out about, uh, um, egg or nest recruitment right and and how Mm -hmm. the turkeys just aren't like the the hatch isn't as big as it has been in the past either due to uh, predation or um uh you know just bad weather right lots of rains during the 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 nesting period so yeah man hopefully that recovers and it starts trending back to what it used to be because i can remember days where man i'm not a good turkey hunter and I could go out and get the job done on any given day. Uh, about five years ago. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 There's definitely a difference from five years to today, uh, for sure. And I mean, it's really going to, you know, I think put a test to our conservation and DNR departments uh, for the states because there's something has to be done to try to replenish the, the population. I think my personal opinion, predation is definitely part of it. I think there's a lot of involvement with uh even if if you really want to break it down to the ag seeds that get yeah. put into the ground with, you know new coatings and so are they harmful to to any animals are they you know and I'm not saying that's the case I'm just saying there's there's something to to really look at and also you know places you know properties are getting bought out and and developed, and so habitat is definitely you know increase the habitat's definitely gonna help uh with that but you, we can't control the weather that's that's right. always gonna be. Uh, can, can be an issue. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it rebounds and, and hopefully it rebounds for the better where we, uh, you know, get back to where it was like five years ago.
0: Yeah, that's a fact. All right, let's start talking about elite. Um, Why don't you kind of fill us in uh, what your role is at elite?
1: Well, I am, uh, I am the media director for elite. And uh, also, you know, I do our television show, respect the game. Uh, So, working with Elite internally it's just it's a pleasure it's a great group of people uh that really come together they're they're super passionate about number one the outdoors uh everything outdoors and archery alone whether you shoot target whether you uh really want to put the best product that we uh feel in people's hands or give somebody the opportunity and make it easy for them to go experience what Elite has to offer so the people Number one or what make a great company. Uh, product, in my opinion, second. And I believe that uh, we have a product that's second to none in the industry. I mean, I'm sure people that have followed Elite or if you're new and haven't heard of Elite, you know, one of Elite's tagline is the world's most shootable bow. Um, there's a reason for that. I'm sure we'll probably dig into to some of that a little bit later in yeah. this, this podcast. But but you know, it's really all about the people, innovation. What, you know, being comfortable when you shoot uh, is, is, is huge. And I think it's overlooked uh, a lot, you know, just because somebody uh, promotes, Hey, this bow super, super fast, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the bow for you. You may not be comfortable shooting it. And if you're comfortable, you're going to shoot better. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to take a step back there and talk about people for a second, because Mm -hmm. I think... People are the most undervalued part of how people make their decisions on a company, right? Uh, I think that if I had a problem, there's there's several um, there's several companies out there that I could do this to that that I that I work with either on a professional level or on just a hey I'm an end user of your product, and that is calling up a company saying you have a problem. And having someone go out of their way to help a single individual solve that problem so that they can get back out into the woods and hunt or whatever it is they're trying to do with said product. And to me, that is how like, it is one of the contributing factors to how I make a decision on what products that I'm going to be buying.
1: For sure. It's an experience, you know, uh, being able to deal with a, a manufacturer and make that purchase decision you know, it's all part of the, the experience that you endure, you know, through your path. Whether you're looking at reviews or so on, then you call maybe ask some people about this. If you call that manufacturer and they can answer questions, I challenge, like uh, for instance, you know, our customer service team. I challenge anybody to call up and say and ask them, hey, does a baconator come with tomato on it? <laughs> our goal is to our goal is to have an answer for you, you know, and, and provide. Good information to the customer, but have an answer for you regardless. I mean, yeah. we want we want to be there to service our customers the best way we can. There's a lot of, you know, and I know every company says they want to strive to do that. And there's, you know, we're all human. Uh, and it's easy for somebody to speculate a lot of times because maybe they don't get the answer they want to hear. But they're getting an answer because there's, like I said, with the times that we're going through right now, it's, it has been challenging number one because of, you know, with the workforce where where uh, you know, where employment stands in general, you know, with co- coming through COVID every manufacturer has had their challenges through the year, but our people have, have stayed strong. Uh, we have been running pretty lean of late, but you know, we're doing the best we can to make sure we're satisfying everybody or at least getting somebody an answer. Right. Uh, to their question because we should embrace the problems that arise if you have an issue with a bow we want to be there to fix it you yeah. know we want to be there to help fix it and make sure we get you uh back up and shooting or hunting as quick as we possibly can which brings us right to one of the things they lead offers: you know the hunt guarantee uh warranty you buy an elite bow if you've been saving up your money all year to go on an elk hunt or or if you're a first-time hunter and you're out shooting the day before you leave, or, or on this trip uh, for that, and you accidentally back a four wheeler over your bow. Um, we're we're going to overnight a bow. Uh, you know, contact us if if you can, if you have service. We're going to overnight a bow. It may not be the same model you have. You're, we're going to ask for your specs, but a bow is set up so you can at least complete your hunt, and we can worry about getting your bow taken care of and fixed. You know, when you get through with your hunt, it's yeah. all about that experience and trying to, you know, make sure people are enjoying the outdoors.
0: Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, cause I had a rest problem, uh, and, uh, Fortunately, they didn't have to overnight one to me because I called up uh, uh, the company before my October mule deer hunt last year. And I was like, oh, man, I am stressing out. Nothing's happening. And they said, "Okay, here, try this, 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 this and this. And we did some brainstorming and troubleshooting right there over the phone. And it was probably a 30, 40 minute conversation over the phone. And then I started shooting better again. And I think that when like for me, that's huge that is huge and the fact that mm-hmm. you guys are willing to you know because as far as a business is concerned you're giving away a free bow right and then you're gonna mm-hmm. you're you're gonna uh fix that and then send it back I and mean, you're eating some costs there and for you to do yeah. that to promote i mean it's basically saying hey listen once you're an elite customer we want you for the rest of your life right
1: that's so. exactly what it's saying and 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 it's all about that experience because truly all of our customers are, are, are an extension of our company. Yeah. Uh, And we want them to be proud to put on an elite hat or pick up that elite bow and and be happy about it, you know? And so we, we strive to, to do the best we can to make sure that that experience is a good one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the, the idea been here all right you know mm-hmm. when when i asked this to all archery or uh, bow manufacturers you know it's a very competitive market Right. So when you guys all sit around the, the, the round table at the end of a year, beginning of year, when, whatever time of year that you guys do this and you start brainstorming about new ideas and what's going to, you know, what's going to be the next tweak or the next bow? What's the next axle to axle? What's the next draw link, uh you know, draw cycle or whatever, all that stuff. What kind of conversations happen in that room around that table when you guys are talking about the next Thing coming out of Elite,
1: one, yeah, that, that's a great question because there's, uh, I'm sure it's different for every manufacturer. I just want to start by saying, you know, uh, there are every mag- manufacturer makes a great bow. There's a lot of great bows on the market today uh, to pick from. Uh, our tagline is, you know, shoot, you know, world's most shootable bow. So one of the first things we we look at whenever we're discussing new product is, first of all, we know the product that we came out with a year prior. So we, how can we make this bow more shootable than the previous model or, uh, innovate to a level to where it takes it up a notch If that, if that makes sense. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, archers out there that, you know, I'll just address the elephant in the room that will say, okay, they take a model and they reswizzle it for the next year. I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. I'm sure it does, but what we try to do is innovate, for example, set technology, uh, that stands for Simplified Exact Tuning. The Elite Feel was, was kind of delivered and born in 2014 uh, with the Energy Series. Whenever, you know, that super high let-off, high dwell zone, super comfortable bow to shoot, you know, with a super solid back wall. Well, we wanted to keep that because it, it, shooters and bow hunters alike, they they just grown to love it because they could shoot super comfortable. Because one of the, 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 one of the steps in the shot process that people overlook a lot you never hear a lot of people talking about it, is aiming. And so we look at aiming in those conversations a lot. This riser length has to be this, which will then transpire to an axle length of this. And how's the bow going to hold at full draw? We don't want a lot of movement. We want once you put a stabilizer on there, if you can hold it fairly still with a bare bow, it's really going to settle down when you put a stabilizer on it. So uh, being able to hold and aim is imp- is important, uh, just as important as everything else, because if you're comfortable through the draw cycle and all this stuff, you're going to aim better because your mind is telling you, make sure the pin's where it needs to be. Yeah. So there's, a, and as far as the engineers, they're so advanced when it comes to a lot of the terminology. I'm just no redneck from Missouri, but I can tell you this much. I, I i try to keep it pretty simple if the boat if I can get the boat to feel good and the boat respond to the way that I want it to and i've and i you know I work on my, all my own stuff and I'll be able to to make adjustments to see at every single draw length to see how the boat's responding and, and our engineers are absolutely fantastic about identifying any issues prior to and making sure that that's all taken care of before we come to market with something but Literally making sure the bow is shootable and comfortable to shoot yeah. through an overall spectrum of,
0: of archery, you know, archers out there. Yeah. So what about, um, this plateau, right? It, it, it blows the, here's what blows my mind is there's, there's not. The traditional plateau in technology when it comes to archery, because I feel if I was to really be critical about every new flagship bow that came out from manufacturers and I'll just use elite as a um, uh, as an example, you know, the the encore is going to be better than the cure. Right. And it it just Mm -hmm. seems that that trend is just continue, continuously going up and up for all bow manufacturers, for the most part, uh, that the the new year is bringing like new tweaks and new materials and new everything every single year. How hard is that for a manufacturer like Elite to keep up with with that type of uh, um, innovation and not plateauing out?
1: It can be it can be very very challenging, uh, but we're up for the challenge if that makes sense. Yeah. The reason for that is because you're always constantly wanting to get better. The cure is a great bow, and it's really up to the customer to decide which bow is better. Uh, they may want to go try this, and really, when when we say go take the shootability challenge, that doesn't mean it has to be with a particular model. That means just go shoot an elite. You know, make make see if elite's going to be in the conversation when you're. In the market for a new bow for you know the the cure was the introduction of the set technology which i discussed earlier which was the simplified exact tuning and what that is that was a very innovative technology that our engineers came up with uh, and i actually had a, a retailer one that said this is the most innovative this is as innovative as the carbon arrow was uh coming into which is a huge compliment I, and what it does is it basically just allows you to tune your bow without a bow press Without, you can tune to any broadhead, uh, whatever arrow you want to shoot. If you're getting a right tear when you're shooting through paper or bear shaft tuning or however you want to, or shooting broadheads and they're not hitting, you can, you can make those adjustments right there on the riser to make sure that your arrow is, your bow is performing the best it possibly can with your arrow of choice and the broadhead of choice. Yeah. So it makes it super, super simple yeah. uh, to do that. So innovation is, is definitely key. Obviously, with a set technology, uh, when we introduced it to the cure, we brought that over into the the 2021 lineup as well with the the Encore and the Remedy. Uh, but it's really about you know being able to try new things and being willing to willing to accept failure. Hey, yeah. this didn't work, and and you know what I mean, and not trying to make it work because when it's go when things are going right. That's when you put the gas on Yeah. when it's going, when it's going super wrong, it's like, you got to be willing to, uh, you know, throw your hands up and say, this just isn't working. Yeah. And, uh, and we've, we've got a good people, a good, humble group of people that, that it doesn't have to be their idea. It doesn't have to be, let's just build the best product we
0: possibly can and innovate the best way that we possibly can. Yeah. So I'm going to call myself an archer. Okay. I shoot a bow. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to mm-hmm. all the details, I'm um, I take I I'm the kind of guy who I still take my bow to the bow shop and, and have them help mm-hmm. me work on it. On this set technology, what would you say the learning curve is like for someone like myself who's very inexperienced with um, actually setting up, restringing, tuning, or wh- all that stuff, a bow? What's the learning curve for the average Joe, so to speak?
1: Well... First of all, this really that this technology really helps you understand how what a, what how to basically what uh, bow tuning really is and what you're trying to achieve. The retailer, the dealer itself, love this technology because they can be 100% confident your bow is performing like it should when you leave the when you leave their facility, and uh, and they can do it in a timely manner. And it gives you, as a consumer, the confidence to know that my bow is shooting good. My bow is, you know, I just, I just watched these adjustments. And then they can do it in a, in a timely manner to the to effect to where it builds your confidence. Confidence is key. Yeah. You know, when you're not confident about something, you're not going to be near as good at doing it. So that's that's literally, I mean, that it, it in a nutshell, it makes it easy for the retailer. It also makes... The consumer it educates you on how's this boat work this is what I'm doing because there's a lot of people out there that don't know what a, a tail right or a knock right tear are all they want to do is make sure that the the arrows are hitting where my pin's at yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all and, and we encourage that's why we made it super super simple for our dealers to make sure that we're we're putting out a product that they can work on to make sure they have satisfied customers, which in turn will be satisfied elite customers.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So now when it comes to, you know, the feedback from the previous year, right, The you have a mm-hmm. whole bunch of people who, sh- who are shooting your bow, how do you um, translate what your end user is feeling, whether there's likes or dislikes about a specific uh, bow or, um, or a riser or limbs or cams or whatever it is. Um, how do you translate that back into the design of the next year or the year after that? However many years out you are in development, how do you, how how is that flow of information used to create the, the next product?
1: Well, with the different channels of media and social, you know, get that information to us has really been helpful uh, because ultimately the end user is kind of our deciding factor. Uh, So being able – and we appreciate the fact that when somebody says, man, I like this, but I don't like this about the vote, or or, I don't like this about this, or this part, this didn't really work for me on this model, but this other model really worked good. They, they'll take that information we'll collaborate that go back and the engineers are working on this all year long so if if we're we're taking this information we hear from the consumers and we're we're constantly evolving if we get a, a something that's super consistent that's being brought up we're going to address it it may be on the in the background you know in the engineering lab where they're they're going through they may be drawing up some with CAD drawing with a different shape of the cam or a different hump to, to, uh, you know, change the geometry a little bit, to maybe see if they can address that issue to see if they, or they, or if they can even identify what, what the consumer is talking about. And then we just tried to build it from there. And then honestly, our, our consumer message at that point for the next year's model is we're doing everything we can to, to address that, especially yeah. if it's common, if it's a common response yeah to me that's all you can do but uh, the one thing we will always do we will always be elite we're not going to steer from from that that elite feel that and because you know there's different strokes for different folks that old saying is you know and that's that's fine there's some people that that really prefer a lot more holding weight a lot more and that's great as long as you're comfortable shooting and and that's so we've addressed that issue too with all those yeah. Our bows are very highly adjustable and customizable to every single shooter. You can change the holding weight just by loosening a screw and moving the stop out. You have a, a choice of a cable stop or a limb stop. So there's ways that that a shop or a dealer can really customize that bow to the way you shoot. Yeah. I mean, our draw the, with, the, with the cams, they have uh, increments of quarter inch. So if your draw feels a little long or a little short, you can adjust that in quarter inch increments. So you can get that halfway marked where the bow feels just right. We want the bow feeling just right
0: for every single shooter, every single shooter. Yeah. All right. So this is a kind of a, uh, I've been milling it over in my head while you've been talking and I'm trying to figure out with, with you just saying there's different strokes for different folks. Shootability could potentially mean something different for everybody. Right. So, Yep. from from the mouth of Elite, what is shootability? That's a great question. I'm glad you
1: asked it because you're 100% right. Shootability is a term that uh, that we came up with because it all starts with being comfortable shooting all the way from the time you hook your release to the D-loop to, to drawing the bow back. What does that bow feel like whenever I put that in my hand? Shootability is having the confidence to know once you get your bow under the I'm comfortable, my pin is settled in, and the bow flies, uh, you know, goes off flawlessly for me. And our we have strived very, very hard to make sure that we can obtain that. If you've heard the term a lot of times, and, and all your listeners, I'm sure, have ran into this as myself uh, too, is I call it drive by shooting whenever you're full draw and your pin is just kind of moving around that dot or wherever, everywhere. And as soon as it gets close, boom, you're touching it off. Is that proper form? Nope. Some will say, no, it's not what's a lot of times your arrows are going to be down there, you know, right where they need to be. What we want to build is that bow where you're comfortable enough where that, that pin gets there and that floating and drive by and starts to slow down to where that pin just settles right in. And when you touch it off, you can watch your arrow disappear behind the pin and hit where you're aiming. So shootability, to me, is making sure we're building a, a piece of equipment that the end user can be highly confident about performing and also executing with.
0: Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. In combination with the the customization for that person from the equipment, like from the design, from the innovation allows them to really, it sounds like determine what their own shootability, give them the opportunity to take that bow and really tweak it to their specific needs. 100%
1: exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it because it's a, it's, it's all about confidence, you know, and when you're confident and in, in your actions, you stand strong, you yeah. know, you stand strong and, and, you're you're very proud to take that step forward you you're not thinking about what happens if I do this yeah all you're focused on is boom in this case my arrow hitting back it's just it's an extension of my body at that point yeah when I draw back my arrows going where it needs to go
0: right all right so when it comes to like trends within the bow industry like the all the manufacturers over the years, there's been all these different trends, right? There's been the, the speed trend. There's been the, uh, high off trend. There's been like right now it's uh heavy, really heavy arrows. There's a, a little bit of a trend there. Where do you see mm-hmm. the, where do you see, and where does elite see maybe answer this in a two part question, the, the category as far as hunting bows as a whole and maybe, uh, a separate answer would be just from elite. Where do you see the new trends going in the next, you know, couple to five years?
1: Yeah. Uh, high, high FOC, which is the, you know, that heavy arrow, that's definitely a, a growing trend uh, that, you know, and it's not, um, not inaccurate in a lot of cases, but you have to make sure you're both performing uh, with those arrows and can handle that. Uh, Because every bow, you know, it's a finicky, uh, it's it's a finicky beast. You have to make sure that the formula is working. Uh, So, and that's a trend that's definitely growing. You know, speed has always been a trend uh, as it pertains to, uh, to bows, you know, but speed isn't everything. I'm here to tell you, uh, I've got a saying that says, you know, the, you know, it's shooting super fast. That means I miss faster. Uh, You have to have, you have to have, time for the arrow to recover there's a reason why there's fletching on the back of it uh to make sure that your arrow is recovered so it can stabilize and hit where you want it to hit you know if if the arrow is reaching the target before it's uh before it has stabilized then you're going to have those flyers those arrows that are kind of you know right right, you know out one o'clock three o'clock you know and and six o'clock nine o'clock whatever but uh so those I don't think the speed trend's is going to go away. I think it's going to demise a little bit because of the performance, right? The bows are a lot more efficient now than they ever have been. So therefore speed isn't really, uh, isn't really an issue. The only people too that may be a little bit concerned about speed is a lot of the shorter draw individuals out there. They're wanting to obtain speed because they want to shrink their pin gaps or, or which is understandable because the shorter the draw, you're not going to be going as fast. Um, so speed's always going to be there uh, as far as, you know, it's kind of being an outdoorsman myself and going out. I feel like I try to keep tabs on, say, how animals react from year to year. And as you see, different methods coming upon, you know, deer evolve. You know, turkeys evolve. These animals evolve to the way they're being hunted as well. So therefore, we got to change. And that's kind of the same in the archery space you know, archers are evolving. The bows are being more efficient. So, therefore, people are shooting, you know, when I was growing up, you never heard of anybody shooting 50 yards. Now you see people, you know, talking about how they're shooting 80 yards and, you know, posting up tight groups and so on and so forth. The bows are evolving, evolving the equipment's evolving, so there's constantly going to be new trends uh, spike up, you know, as far as what what they're capable of doing. So to, to really identify... One that's growing—it's—it's it's hard. It's really hard to identify just one. But speed is probably one of the
0: most—I uh, guess—one of the most—the longest-standing trend that's yeah. been out there. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, back in the day, I fell victim to trends, right? I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted that bow to shoot rockets, right? I wanted my you know, my mm-hmm. arrow to be fast, and I wanted my broadheads to just leave these gigantic gashes in the deer and all this stuff. Now, I, I'm more of a, I just want to kill shit. Like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I just want whatever yeah. I'm shooting at. I don't care how the arrow gets there. I just want it to get there on target and accurately and I don't care how much I'm like how much I'm pulling or, or what the brace height is, it just has to it's like more feel now than it is numbers on a piece of paper for me.
1: Yep. And that goes right back to shootability. Yeah. It, you know, regardless of whether it's in lead or something, it's it's have the confidence to be able to perform and execute. Regardless of whether you see that arrow maybe kick a little bit coming out of your bow and it may kick one day and not the next day could just be because of the humidity. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And I'm not saying that guys need to worry about that. Because I ultimately as a hunter, I mean, you worry about where the arrow hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so I, I agree with that. And it's easy to fall victim to trend. And it's it's also a quick way to develop bad habits. Yeah. Uh when it comes to shooting in general, because it may not be for you and the way that you shoot, uh, uh, you know your bow, the, your particular bow that you're shooting right now, may not like that high FOC bow. May like a, you know, a 400 grain arrow versus a 560 grain arrow. Yeah. You know, and it's real, and it doesn't mean it's not going to kill a deer. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's
1: going to kill a deer. You just got to make sure you hit behind your pin.
0: Yeah. One thing that I noticed, especially, and we're gonna, this is kind of a transition into this year's bow bows is. You don't have any axle-to-axle around 30 or less, right? I see a lot of other manufacturers going with this shorter axle-to-axle. Maybe not as much this year, um, but previous years, uh, everybody is just shrinking their axle-to-axle size down. Do you feel that if you get your axle-to-axle too short, shootability kind of is a sacrifice at that point?
1: I me personally my personal opinion is i absolutely do whenever uh you see that a lot of times you'll see okay we've got a 29 inch bow but if you look at the cam it's got a really large cam on it because it's got to have a different takeoff to keep the, you know when a, when you get past 28 inches the string angle is going to be super severe uh and so there's a lot of factors that go into play and two if you think about holding. You know, when you're at full draw holding, if you're holding something short, a lot of times it's it's harder to hold hold it still. Yeah. Uh, When you have something just a little bit longer, it becomes a little bit more stable. And so that also helps, too, if you think about drawing it back. If you're short, if your draw cycle, your angles is so much different that, you know, you're pulling that peak weight back for a further distance in a lot of cases. Yeah. Versus on the longer axle axle boat, it's not quite as long, so it feels smoother. Okay, all so, right, so yeah, I do think that the short axle axle does, in my opinion, compromise the shootability.
0: Gotcha. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, other, aside from one bow, aside from one bow that I've had over the years, I felt like my accuracy is better with a longer axle to axle compared to a shorter axle to axle i know that's a, a vague statement but aside from one 30 inch axle to axle i felt like i've performed over the years better at a at a longer axle to axle than anything so uh let's see here i want to yeah. i want to get into this year's models now why don't you uh, mm-hmm. why don't you break down um so we have the encore the remedy and what was that it for the 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 hunting bows
1: yeah their flagship for the hunting bows yep and and they're, they're man what a great uh what a great lineup it is we've had a a tremendously positive response on on both the encore and the remedy and what the encore is it's a it's a 33 inch platform axle axle bow uh, and it has the adjustable mod uh it'll go from 23 to 30 inches and uh, on quarter inch increments and it's it's just it's an amazing shooting bow. It does come with a perform what we call the performance mod on it. So when we say it is going to be a little bit quicker, it is. But it's a good mix of smooth and quick. Uh, when we say quick, we're not talking twelve feet per second. We're looking at probably six at the max uh, feet per second. And it it just it performs flawlessly. It uh, the the bow super customizable uh to to any shooter uh darn near any shooter and i've had a lot i had one of my best seasons to date with the with the elite encore and with and saying that the remedy the remedy is a little bit longer it's a 34 inch axle axle bow and i'll go on record and say that the remedy in my opinion is the smoothest bow that elite has ever put out uh and that's pretty bold for me i've shot a lot of them and i know the energy there's a lot of energy 35 guys out there that are like man that's that's the best bow that's the smoothest bow ever built well i encourage you to go try a remedy i think it's a energy 35 kind of feel with a more advanced feel if that makes sense yeah. um and the cool thing about the the remedy too is it does accept the performance it comes with the standard versa mod on it but it will accept the the performance mod so Say if somebody, uh, you know, wants to to gain, you know, four to six feet per second, they can put the the uh, uh, the performance mods on the remedy and and gain that. And my personal opinion is, I didn't really feel a difference in the feel of the bow when I changed the mods out and was and testing it. I'm I'm currently running on my remedy, uh, the performance mod then and, and really trying to dissect and see if I feel anything different if there's a difference there I don't i I personally can't can't feel it and that's just being hundred percent honest i uh but i I really uh, love the way that bow shoots it's extremely smooth
0: right so is there is there a demographic um that you guys try to hit when you when you know you're de- developing the encore and the remedy like describe who shoots the remedy and then describe who shoots the encore is there is there a difference
1: uh and yeah i think so i mean the encore with a shorter you know with 33 and having such a a wide broad hit, uh, uh, draw links i guess uh spectrum there uh it's been really popular choice for women too because uh women have you know I hate to say it, but in a lot of cases, these women, a lot of women specific bows, there's some corners cut, you know, and we didn't want to do that. We want to make a, a, a bow for everybody. And so it's, they're, they're building, or they're, they're able to shoot a bow that their husband's shooting or their boyfriend's shooting as well. Yeah. Uh, and which is to us very, very important. And I think that the encore is like a lot of that diehard bow hunter. They, They've been gravitating towards the encore a lot. Uh a lot of the crossover guys that, that want a bow that they can go shoot some local three D tournaments uh and also have a great hunting rig uh, are going with a remedy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but there's you know, if you're a taller, you know, if you're six foot or above, you know, or, or taller, a lot of times they're going with a, a remedy because it is a little bit longer platform. Yeah. And it just feels like it fits them better. Yeah. Uh, because most generally those guys are a little bit longer draw length. The string angle's not so so uh, steep, uh, but but it's been, right now, they're about neck and neck as far as total uh, sales. They're
0: both great shoot bows. Gotcha. All right, the last thing I got to ask for you here is um, when it comes time, you know, there's a guy out there or a gal, uh, and they are – I don't know, they're at the bow shop, and all the bows are in front of them, and they don't know where to start, what to choose. Why should they consider an elite bow?
1: First of all, we uh, being comfortable, going back to being comfortable, because we'll start with a bow that we haven't talked about, which is called the ember. And people will like to consider it more of an entry-level bow, but it's not. It's very an advanced bow i turkey hunted with that bow as well but just because when if you're new to archery you're you want to get into a bow number one that you can afford that's going to fit you uh the best and and it, a bow in my opinion the ember is the best of class uh in that category because of the draw the draw length variation you can go all the way down the poundage you can you can adjust the poundage everything it's very versatile to to you as a shooter and a lot of times, whenever you get a bow for an entry-level archery or, or somebody just getting into it, they're, they're buying a bow to try it out. They're not going in and buying a flagship. They want to buy a bow to, to see what it does. The Ember, what it allows you to do, we have a, a, a limb stop option that they can just put on there, uh, on the on there, the dealer can when they, they purchase it. So when they're at full draw, they can feel what that back wall's supposed to feel like to make sure that they're shooting the right drawing. And that way, they're going to have a better experience. And that bow, uh, that Ember, we have, we have sold the fire out of those those embers, and people are raving about that bow as well. Uh, and we we have literally captured a lot of new archers, and thankful for that, uh, because simply because we offer that bow, the Ember. So I think that, you know. As a new archer coming in, the thing you want to look for is making sure that the bow fits you, so you can have a good experience. Elite is doing everything that they can through innovation uh, to try to bring new archers and also uh, evolve archers as through their, you know, through their shooting experiences. Yeah. Say if they want to do this and they want to try something. I mean shoot us a message on, on social media or whatever. We more not happy to answer those questions. It doesn't matter whether you're shooting our brand or not. We're just an advocate for the outdoors and archery in general. And if we can help out, we're going to do what we can to do that. So it's, it's really about being comfortable with a bow that you're shooting, uh, to evolve. And if you're in the market for a, a new bow, when you upgrade, that's why we say, go take the shootability challenge. Just, you know, let us be part of that conversation.
0: Perfect. Well, Larry, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and, and chat with us about Elite. Um, thanks for your time, and uh, I know you're a sportsman, so good luck this fall.
1: All right, thank you for having me on, man. I, I appreciate it, and good luck to everybody this fall as well.